What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Deer Vein Podcast. Today, I got uh, a new guy I've never talked to before. His name is Vince. How do you say your last name? Batiatia? Bat- That's close. That's close. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you a couple points. It's, uh, it's Batiata. Batiata. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's Vince Badiata. You can find him on Instagram at Chasing Public, which is a pretty sweet name. Anyway, I like that name. Thanks, man. Um, from and you go ahead and introduce yourself. I don't need to introduce you. Yeah, uh, my name's Vince. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in Tennessee. I didn't always grow up here. I was a transplant. Uh, I grew up uh, in Michigan. Um, you know, my stepdad kind of kind of taught me the the ways around the outdoors, and um, which looking back into what I'm doing now is, you know, the pretty traditional, Hey, you know, sit here, wait, watch. And when they come by, just, if it's Brown, shoot it. So I mean, that's <laughs> kind of what, you know, I was taught in the, in the beginning. Um, but From uh, what I understand, that's pretty much like all of Michigan. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it, it's bittersweet. It's gotten a lot better. I'll say that I have, you know, I got some buddies back home that, uh, that, that have gotten real serious into it now. And uh, it's not as much as like, as what people say. Um, okay. You know, it's still pretty high pressure. I mean, there's a lot of public land up there, uh, but it's not as bad as what people make it out to be. It can be a pretty fun place to, pretty fun place to be out outdoors, so. Okay. But yeah, no, I'm in, I'm in Tennessee now. And, uh, you know, I went into the military for a few years and then, focused on my uh, career in sales and then uh, got back into in, into hunting the last three years and just started taking bow hunting serious the last couple of years. So it's been, been very interesting. It's a, it's been a challenge, man, but it's been fun. So, yeah. Do you gun hunt still or no? I have guns. Um, okay. I would like to, you know, take, take a trip and, and do one. Um, but I'm pretty, I'm, pretty digging the bow hunting stuff man i mean it's just then i mean it's just so much more exciting you know you get one in close it's just so much more goes into it i think it takes a lot of skill just to even get the close encounter and then then you got to capitalize on it you know it's just a way better experience i i I enjoy it way more yeah no and people always do the reason i ask is because like you know your buddies at least my buddies they all we all started deer hunting with a gun and then we all wanted to hunt more so we've hunted with a bow whereas you're hunting with a bow not so much a gun so that's like you that's unique yep 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 yep. yeah no i love yeah well in tennessee too they have uh which i gotta look but um i know just last couple was it last year maybe it was last year it was last year or the year before but they came out with a three uh excuse me, uh, three-day velvet season opener in September, at the end of September. And then it shuts down and it opens back up in October and you can just bow hunt through all the way through to the beginning of January. So it's pretty long, so I kind of like that. But um, I'll probably gun hunt again, but that's all I did when I was a kid, which was great. I had a great time. Um, But I don't know, man. It's just something about shooting the bow. I mean, yeah. Oh, dude, you're, you don't, you don't need to tell me. You're launching a stick, man. You're like, you're launching a carbon stick, you know. <laughs> that takes a little bit of skill, you know. It's fun, man. I like it. Yeah, and for sure. I mean, just the, like, the response I usually get is, like, when you convert somebody from gun hunting to bow hunting, 
the two responses I always get are a, holy cow, there's so many more deer that you see. Oh yeah. Just yeah. like yeah. stupid amount. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then B is, man, it's so cool to get like 15 yards or like 20 yards. And you're not like shooting yeah. them at like a hundred on the run. You're like, yeah. they're coming in, they're calm. And you can actually just yeah. like take your time and shoot them, which yeah. happens yeah. sometimes, but not all the time. Yeah. yeah. And then you get them in real close and you may still not be able to shoot them. Right. Which is, which is another story, but you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so tell me, like, I don't know. I'm really interested in Tennessee. Um, okay. Oh, wait, one second. I will one up you on the season because Wisconsin okay. this year, I just found out it's fantastic open September 12th and Whoa. my unit closes January 31st. So like, just, yeah, stupid. But we have, we have uh, a CWD, a major CWD problem. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's why like my County uh, ex- has an extended season. Um, you get, oh, is it, it would close like towards the end of December and so are they going to do like a hunt. quota hunt? What's that? Are they going to do like, are they going to do like a special like type of quota hunt in your no. County or okay. no, we like, we've never hit, I don't think Wisconsin's like really ever hit quota in the Southern half of the state. I got gotcha. you. Um, like it's pretty much tags are like dang near unlimited. So mm-hmm. Uh, in the northern portion of the state, and I don't hunt like the northern. Por- I've hunted it once. I have a friend up there who has ten acres, and they have like b- box right. walk through their backyard and stuff. So I've tried. I've tried it once, um, and you can't. I couldn't get a doe tag up there, um, but I could get a buck tag, and it's just because the does are so um, like deer are so sparse up there that they don't right. want to. They don't. They only want limited tags on does. And then people go around and be like, I see deer all the time up there. But the problem is, is that the reason they see them all the time is because all like the green, fresh grass is along the highway where they mow. So like everything else or all the other, like, you know, a lot of the other stuff is like mature timber where there isn't a whole lot of food. So like you drive up North Wisconsin, you see deer along the road all the time. Oh yeah. Um, But, uh, but anyway, one of the big reason I wanted to have you on was because I'm interested in like Eastern hunting, like, uh, so Tennessee in my brain kind of falls into that category category. Tennessee is like super interesting. Like it's part of the South, but it's not part of the South, but it's part of the East, but it's really not. It's kind of like right in that like middle ground. Would you consider it? I mean, I know you're from Michigan, but what do you, what do people? So I'm definitely from the mid, I, I consider myself from the Midwest. I mean, okay, but even I grew up everybody in Michigan, they think they're from the Midwest. Yeah. So I consider that I'm a Midwest guy. Okay. So, so like do I people definitely from, go ahead. Do people from Tennessee consider themselves from the South or from For sure. One hundred percent. All right. They, that's what that's what I are, imagine. There's nobody more southern. They think <laughs> that they're they are where the South was born. Uh, besides okay. Alabama, but I don't want to get into the city of Alabama. <laughs> uh, right here, but, uh, that's, my, that's my thought of it too. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, I def, I definitely feel like I'm in the South. Um, okay, but yeah, no. Um, as far as like hunting goes, there, like terrain wise, you know, Wisconsin, right? I, I'm a ton yeah. of farm fields, ton of woods. Yeah, um, kind of yeah. split fifty fifty. Yeah, yeah. What's it so, like 
down there. So there's a ton of farms and stuff here. I mean, it's, okay. it's in the south. I mean, they could, you know, they have agriculture, you know. Uh, but to for what I mean, I'm in the Nashville, Middle Tennessee area. You know, the okay. northern part of Tennessee is is very mountainous you know, really mountainous terrain. And then the further you go down south, you know, the more when you start to get into middle Tennessee, you still have your mountainous trains. It's very hilly. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, but there's still, there's still a lot of farm and stuff, but it's, it's nowhere near like where you're at and, and up there. It's a totally different landscape. Um, you know, um, to me, I feel like when I go in the, like in the woods and stuff in Tennessee, I mean, it's thick. I mean, to me, it is thick. I mean, it's not, you know, like the swamps and stuff like that, but it's just viney, thorns, uh, just the poison oak and ivy. And dude, this stuff is just so thick. Like every time you go in, you feel like you're like dressing up for like war just so you can get to where you got to go. Otherwise, you're coming home and you're going to be itching for the next week, you know. Uh, but uh, the, right. the train's not that bad. I like the train. It's pretty fun. Um, and the one, one thing I like about Tennessee is, uh, you get these like short patches of like cedar thickets. Okay. Where, it, where I grew up in Michigan, like you have pines and cedars everywhere. You don't, I don't see that here, at least not where I'm at. You know, I get these short little patches of cedars and those are really cool to focus on because they just, the deer just like, they just pile in there, you know, certain times of the year, which is pretty cool. Sure. Uh, but yeah, no, I like the terrain, man. It's, it's fun. Okay. So then are you hunting, are you hunting a lot of like, as far as public and private ground go, are you hunting a lot of public? Are you hunting a lot of private? So like, getting back into ground? it, um, when I first got back into it a couple of years ago, um, you know, I've worked, I work in the automotive industry and I had a, I had a really high end client and he had, you know, some really good property. And I just asked them, you know, Hey, you know, I know you guys live over in this county. There's a lot of deer over there. What do you guys think about me, you know, maybe hunting with some archery equipment on there? They were super open, super nice. They let me get on it. So I was like, all right, perfect. That's a good place to like start, you know, by myself. I'll just give it a go. Not thinking that like, hey, I even remember any of it, you know, and uh, did okay. Um, and then the following season, hunted there again, took it a little more serious did a couple hunts on some public land with a buddy that, that grew up here uh, that I met. Um, and, uh, and this year's kind of interesting because the same guy I got that property access to, he has purchased another property and actually called me a couple weeks ago and said, Hey, you know, me and the wife were talking, we want you to hunt this property because we're going to be building X, Y, and Z on it. And we just, kind of want the deer gone. I was like, perfect. Sign me up. Yeah. He doesn't charge me anything. He just wants a little bit of venison at the end of the year. And just, he's just one of those guys that if I'm having a good time. He's good with it. You know, he That's knows he cool. can, but what's, uh, let me get back to that. But what's interesting is this year, even though I got that, I have a new hunter, uh, with me, um, that I'm going to be taking throughout the season. So, cool we're probably going to be doing some public land stuff um, because there's a ton. And I didn't realize this when I first got here, but there's a ton of public land here, at least all within the hour of each other, like huge giant patches, um, which I did a lot of scouting on that right, right after the season last year. 
um, just because I knew it gets so thick. I just kind of want to do my right after the season scouting and then just kind of log it on, um, you know, at the time I was using Onyx, I'm kind of using HuntWise a lot now. Okay. Um, logged it on that. Um, so I kind of have that out there. And then we're going to kind of focus on those two properties just to kind of teach them, you know, just basics and what it's about and that kind of stuff. So I think this year is going to be pretty interesting and uh, also going to be doing first year self-filming. We're going to see how that goes. So oh, man. Nervous about that, but it's going to be yeah. fun. Man. Yeah. Oh, no, that brings up a few like really good topics. There's three right there that I want, like we can stay on for the next hour, which is one, why did like, why, why did you start bow hunting rather than gun hunting Two, um, what are some things that, that, you know, now in year three that were like totally eye opening compared to year one and three would be, I can give you, I've been self filming for the last four years. So we can talk about that and I can tell you Perfect. all the shit mistakes I've made. Perfect. I like that. <laughs> okay. So, uh, what do you want to hear about first? The, like why, uh, so why, why would you ever just like start with, start with archery? Did you do that when you were a kid at all or no? So that's a funny story. I, uh, I had a bow when I was a kid. Okay. Um, it was a Ross. I don't even know if that's even a brand of bow anymore. I know oh, it absolutely. I, I remember seeing them when I was like 12 or 13 years old. Yeah. And I wish I still had that bow because I, I, I have, a, I have two bows now, but, and they're fantastic, but that bow absolutely launched arrows. I mean, <laughs> hardcore. I mean, the impact on it, it just felt like just a steamroller. Uh, but I gave that to a buddy the year before I got back into it, I actually gave that bow to my buddy to give to his daughter for her birthday. Cause she wanted to, she wanted just to learn how to shoot a bow. And I was like, ah, well, I'm never going to good bow. cause man. I'm never going to bow hunt again. You know, don't worry about it. I gave it to him and it was like four months later. I was like, man, I really want to get back out there. I really want to, man, I really, I've been, you know, I was watching some videos, you know, on YouTube and stuff, and, you know, people just smacking these deer you know shooting shooting a bow and I was like man I've always wanted to do that and I had that but I had that bow when I was a kid and I tried shooting it tried shooting it couldn't shoot it my uh my <clears throat> my stepdad rest his soul uh used to shoot uh recurve as a black widow um so he had he knew nothing about compounds didn't know how to help me set it sight it in we didn't really have an archery shop in the area that we were in back then so it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, just kind of point, you know, aim, just pull it back, let go. And, uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, was, it was miserable. How it works, so man. I to do it. Uh, but, uh, no, so that's kind of why I got into it, um, just because it was something that I knew I wanted to do. I tried doing it. Nobody knew how to teach me, but I was just determined. I just, want, I just wanted to learn how to do it. If anything, I just wanted to learn how to shoot a bow. Yeah. Did you watch, like, uh, The Hunger Games or something? <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> I did, but that's not why. But no, I just started watching. I just started watching YouTube videos. Um, okay, and uh, I'm sure you you probably heard of him, uh, Chris B. You know, he's oh yeah, great archer, YouTuber, sure. all that stuff. And uh, yeah, I watch all them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it's just some of his stuff is super informational, and it's really easy to just kind of like learn on the basic, just to like yeah. go out and try it yourself, give you confidence, you know. Yeah. Um, so then I just, then I just 
practice with a bow up at my local archery shop. They have like some demos up there. I just kind of talked with the guys. They were super cool. They let me try it a couple of times. I went in there a couple of times um, during a couple of weeks when the work wasn't really busy and they just let me shoot in the back, which I thought was really cool. Um, and at the time I was kind of like, well, I don't really know if I want to get one yet. So then I actually, for that first season, I actually used a crossbow just because I just wanted to make sure that like, that experience, you know, because when you're a kid, I was just traveling with my dad, you know, I saw him shoot deer. I, I mean, I shot one, but I almost, it was so long ago. It's hard to like remember it all, you know, and it was with a yeah. gun, totally different experience. Yeah, for sure. So as an adult, I just wanted to make sure, is this something I really want to do? Am I going to feel okay, you know, taking this animal's life, that kind of thing. So yeah, did it, it was great. And then like from that moment, bam, I like left next week, bought my bow you know got a bunch <laughs> of shit and uh now i can't put it down now i stop three or four times uh, a week and shoot my bow and yeah addicted, man. okay cool that's a good yeah. good story that makes i think that's something that a lot of people can relate to too yeah you like i mean and, and especially like the new bows nowadays it's not like you're spending 200 bucks you know yeah no like, yeah no no <laughs> yeah you need to if I, if I could give any advice if there's anybody that wants to get into bow hunting or even into hunting a lot of people have different opinions about crossbows but i think it's the, it's the perfect piece of equipment to just start because you know a lot of people are kind of afraid of guns they don't really know especially if they have never had anybody to teach them and then you know shooting an actual compound or a traditional bow is it takes some practice, you know, and mm -hmm. the crossbow, you know, you can set up on the rail, you got the feel of the gun with the scope, you know, you can shoot a little further and, you know, there's no kick and, but you're also shooting a, you know, shooting an arrow, you get it, you know, you get the full experience and yeah. uh, it's a really good transition as far as what you want to do to make sure you're okay. And there, you can get a crossbow pretty, pretty cheap. So no, I'm I, I'm in agreement. Like I'm a crossbow fan. Like oh, you're yeah. not like yeah yeah. Some people aren't. Um, some people aren't. Dude, it. some people some people want to like shoot you in the face for saying yeah. like, crossbow. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. oh yeah. man, there's this this year in Wisconsin they sent out a survey to uh, all the deer hunters, um, or pretty much all the hunters people they had registered in their database, and. Uh, it was like, I don't know, 50 some questions on all these different rules, regulations and things like that. And there was a question in there on uh, crossbows. And it was, as, our, as I understood it, I can't remember it specifically, but the, the question was something like, uh, for the two weeks in November, like crossbows will not be allowed the two first weeks of November, which is like the rut. Because all these bow hunters yeah, are like, everybody with crossbows are taking all of our deer. And it's like, I, I mean, really like. But the guys that are shooting real... five times at a deer running, you know, it's. What's that? I said, but you got the guys that are shooting five times at the deer running 40 miles an hour. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't get it. And then, and then the other thing is, my other thing is like, anybody who's like real serious into hunting and real after it they're yeah. either using a, a compound or a traditional bow. Right. Like yeah. they're not, you aren't seeing you know, really high end, really, no. really good hunters out there with crossbows because they, 
they're in it for more than just killing the animal. They're in it for oh, the yeah. experience and, yeah, for sure, for sure. and getting after it. So the people who are using crossbows are, I mean, it's a great way to get women in to archery because it gets them like understanding what it is and how it works and things like that and it's a great way to get kids into bow hunting too and new hunters just like you're saying yeah because it's that intermediary you get that longer season you get those deer that come in that are unaware that are unwary you don't have to worry about getting shot by a gun hunter because that's what a lot of people worry about too you know and you and you you see a lot more deer so it's just it's a great way in my opinion to get people going And like, if you're worried about people using crossbows, taking all your deer, we'll just be a better hunter and get those deer before (laughs) them, you know, kill your, kill your deer opening night and you'll be fine. Just like, you know, just be a better hunter. That's my, that's my thing. Cause everybody's, everybody has the same season and it's not like also bows nowadays. I mean, do you have the VXR? I do. And then I have uh, an older model, like one of the first one of the first or one of the first uh uh the prime syn- syn- synergy energy synergy yeah. i got uh, a synergy hybrid as well yeah i got it, anybody uh, i don't think it's the hybrid uh but i just got it it just has like a backup bow like sure. my brother-in-law or soon-to-be brother-in-law he shoots one and he just doesn't shut up about it he absolutely <laughs> loves it so i'm like okay well i love you know i love my matthew's bow and but I did choose bow and it was great. So it's like, well, yeah, I'll just get a used one and I'll just try it out just for fun, you know? And yeah. so right now it's getting adjusted so that I can have it. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But yeah, no, I love my bow. But yeah. But I, anyway, I the re- what I was getting at was yeah. like the, the lethal range of a crossbow because of momentum and yeah. weight of the arrow. Generally, I mean, like, you, it's it's really hard to push 60 yards on a crossbow yeah like nowadays with a v like a, a high-end bow not just a matthews vxr but any of the high-end bows yeah like you're dropping dimes at 80 yards and 90 yards and you're still carrying enough momentum to knock down an animal yeah I mean, they're yeah. like you, you can't really do that with with uh yeah. i mean you could with a crossbow but it's really not not yeah a there's a couple out there um but and I don't know the names, but there's a couple out there that'll launch them like that. But yeah, they're not the people out there that are using them. That if you do enough research, you'll find out that it's not it's not desired to be shooting anything that far. You know, right. Yeah. And that's like that's just one of my thoughts on people thinking like, oh, it's it's easier. You get an extended range with a crossbow, right. and it it is. I will say it's definitely easier. Like a scope. Right and a rest and a rail like yeah it's not as hard but uh but you're like again it's not these high-end hunters who have their property entirely dialed and they're just going out there shooting eight nine ten whatever filling every single tag they have with these crossbows yeah it's new hunters it's beginners it's people just getting into it and people or people who are just looking for meat and they'll shoot any buck that comes in range yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, and just to touch on that again, like when you, when we're talking about long range, like, yeah, maybe my bow can shoot that far. I mean, at most I'm practicing and there's a lot of people that practice even further. It's just the longest distance that I, that I can practice at. But like, I practice all the time at 60 and 50. 
but that's only so I can feel really comfortable and confident at like 30 and closer because <laughs> if I, when I'm yeah. out there, like for one, just to have a shooting lane longer than 35, 40 yards in the woods is, you know, it doesn't happen all the time. So, but I mean, it just makes you more confident to like shoot close. I'm probably not going to shoot anything further than 35 yards unless it's an absolute tank and like, Hey, this is a once in a lifetime deer, you know, let's let one yeah. rip because I just want to make sure that like, I want to make sure that it hits it and I want to make sure mm -hmm. it hits it good and clean. I don't have the time to like go sit out there and track all night long just because I just wanted to launch an arrow just because right. I would rather wait until they get close. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, uh, the, so I shoot out to 60 consistently as well. Oh, right on. And two years ago I had it, I had a bow, I had a, a bow that I really liked and I had it dialed and I was, I was doing pretty well at 60 yards with broadheads. And uh, so I had a really nice buck come out on public. Didn't even take a single trail was kind of walking through like the edge of cattails and stuff came out at walked right through a beautiful lane at 50 yards um, and uh, called him stopped. He just stood around, looked around, went back to feeding, drew back, shot him. And as I shot, I did not see a branch coming like pretty much across the front, like two feet right in front of my arrow. When I drew back, it wasn't in there. But when I adjusted to where he was, it was right there. Man, I hit him right in the leg. And oh. it was awful. <laughs> it was like oh. I had it on camera and you just hear me go, fuck, what the fuck? Because you like, and then I see the branches and uh, there's just, and I haven't ever shot. I've had opportunities at deer at that distance since, and right. I'm still confident. I still shoot it all the time in my yard right. and right. whatnot, but I haven't taken them just cause I'm like, there's so much that can happen at that distance. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and that like, yeah, that just kind of broke me. I felt, I felt really bad, but I did to make the story better. 10 days later, I, I have pictures of him chasing a doe and he's doing just he was doing just cool. fine so well, you know not yeah. that bad then, it kind of just like i don't i don't know the arrow seemed to just go like right through like his calf or something i or i whatever a deer's calf would be but yeah um no very little blood found the arrow nothing mm -hmm. so anyway um yeah those long distance shots man like and I know people who will still like, who still take them. And I just haven't, I haven't regained the confidence. My personal, like, I want to keep everything within 30 yards. And like, for me, it's shooting wise. Like, I just want that lethality there. But I also yeah, think yeah. it's a little bit of like being a good hunter. Like if you're yeah. the better the hunter you are, the closer you can get to that animal without yeah, for sure. them knowing. Yeah. I mean, the, the confidence portion is my biggest thing. I know that I can pull my bow back. And I can hit a target at 60 yards. If I can do that consistently, there should be no question at 30 yards. Zero. Right. Yeah. Unless there's something in the way, 30 yards should be a chip shot every time. Right. So, yeah, for sure. I definitely better. agree. And I'm yeah. I'm shooting that distance. And yeah, it just makes it makes those 20 yarders be like, is this really all the farther I have to shoot? Like my pin yeah. just sits right in the vitals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um Okay, so uh, next question there that we talked about was uh, 
getting, getting new hunters into it. So you're bringing a new hunter in, like how did that come to be? And and what's your, what's your plan on that? So, all right. Very interesting. Uh, so this, it's not, uh, the new hunter is actually my girlfriend. Okay. Okay. Uh, but she's always been in the outdoors. She, you know, enjoys to fish and, and does all that stuff. And, you know, last year, she, um, you know, she knew that I was, you know, hunting and hunting and hunting and hunting just a ton. Like I hunted a, a ton last year, probably more than I have my whole life put together. And, um, and she kept asking me questions about it, questions about it. Well, her friend was getting a new bow and wanted to get rid of that one. So she bought it. And I was okay. kind of like, okay, well, maybe she just wants to buy, you know, try some stuff, you know, maybe because I like it, she wants to like it, that kind of thing. So well, it ends up turning out she ended up going hunting with her friends up in Michigan all the time. She didn't get anything <laughs> last year, but she was like bow hunting in the freezing cold in Michigan, which is not easy. Um, and then once that season ended, she was going on public land by herself, trying to you know get turkeys with a bow. A turkey yeah. with a bow is a, diff- it's a difficult thing in my eyes, hunting from the ground. Oh, you yeah. Know, doing with the whole bow. thing. And by herself, you know, brand new, never been, no, nobody's taught her, you know, doing all that stuff. And at that point I knew like, okay, she's, she wants to know how to do it. Like she really wants to get out there and like get after it. So this year, um, now that we're a little bit closer together, you know, we're going to, we're going to go out and uh, it should be a pretty successful year. So hopefully it'll be our first whitetail this year and it's, it's going to be, be exciting. But for me, I've taken, um, I actually took my boss, uh, I don't know if it was his first time turkey hunting or not. It was his first time getting a turkey, but I ended up taking him as a new, for me, it felt like I was taking a new hunter, even though it was my boss. Like, yeah. I just felt like, you know, I was taking him turkey hunting. Like he doesn't, I know he's not out there turkey hunting, so I'm taking him out. I, I better figure this out. So um, we didn't use a bow. We actually, we used, we used some shotguns. Um, we gun hunted those and uh, we were able Smart. to. Because turkeys yeah. tend to get away with a bow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, they don't like it when you draw list. it. They don't like it when you make yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. When they see you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, we ended up uh, the first, the one of the first times we went out, we ended up having a couple of jakes come right down in and knocked them both clean you know, clean their clocks, both fell down. Uh, mine got up, shot it, died. And they're both laying there. No big deal. No, no flopping up and they were dead. <clears throat> we get out of the blind. We actually get out of the blind and, uh, he's, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going, going up to it. Boom. His pops up, flies away. He goes to shoot it, gun jammed. So that <laughs> one flies away. So then for the next like 12 days straight, every day, every morning before work, We'd get up, we'd go out there, and we and we'd hunt. And then finally, right before the season ended, we ended up uh, we hunted all morning. And we got it was like nine o'clock, and uh, we kept hearing one, you know, gobbling out in the back. Nothing. We leave. We get to the end of the driveway and I look out in the field, and there's this this massive tom, just completely strutted up, fanned out. There's nothing out there. He's just out there by himself, you know, doing his thing. Yeah. And I, and I looked at him and I was like, Hey, I was like, it'd be pretty cool. I said, but you know, we could, we could 
try to sneak back down there and go after this guy. He would never see us. We could at least get it, get within 50 yards and try to call him in. He's like, I'm in, let's go. So we go back down the driveway, get out. We run up this hill. This hill is like, I don't know, probably a 70 foot elevation change. So we get up the top of this, this hill or ridge and we cut into the woods. By the time we cut into the woods, he had already made it like a hundred yards and was parallel completely to us, hit the call one time. And, you know, he's got, he just starts gobbling like crazy, like crazy. He actually comes into range and my boss, he, he could not see him for the life of him. I don't know how he couldn't see him. He was right in front of him. I was sitting <laughs> like, like, Hey, go, you know, shoot, shoot, shoot. He's like, I don't see him. I don't see him. And he's just sitting there, but the bird's not making any noise. So he was just sitting there. <clears throat> well, the bird turns, goes around him, gets behind this giant oak tree. So, so we turned around. I, I told him to go ahead and walk right up there. He gets right behind the oak tree. We're maybe five yards from the bird. And uh, I said, just hold your gun up. I said, he's going to walk out. He's going to walk out right here. It's going to happen. He's like, all right, all right, all right. Four minutes goes by. And he's kind of crouched down. He just kind of puts his hand up like, and I'm behind him. And I'm like, just hold on, hold on puts his hand up. I'm like, all right, just walk up really slow behind that tree. I said, as soon as you see him, you got to pull the trigger because they're fast. Walk behind the tree, gone. No bird. So we're like, I'm like, what the hell? Where is this bird at? And I look up to my right to the corner. So we're kind of uh, three quarters of the way up this hill that we came up in now. We're, we're yeah. in the timber. I look up and here's this bird sitting at the top of the ridge looking down. He can't see us. So I just kind of make a little bit of noise with my with my boots and he kind of scoots away a little bit. So we kind of sneak up on the top of the ridge and the ridge is like, it kind of goes back down. Yeah. He goes down inside this little dip. We get up and he's, all you can see is just his head, just poking up like this, just kind of looking around. And now here we are, we're on, a, we're on our hands and knees, kind of crawling, gave him the count of three, pulls up, smokes the bird, ends up being, uh, 75th largest bird ever killed in the state of Tennessee. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it was, that's it was cool. a, it was a long story, a, but yeah, it was you get a uh, raise. You got a raise from that. No, no, I did all <laughs> the, I did all the work, everything, Brian Terry, all that stuff. Yeah. It was uh no, but it was great. I mean, like for one, I mean, that was my first just in general, like spot and stock kind of like, hunt I guess you could say and then yeah. to share it with you know somebody I see every day a good buddy of mine you know you know someone I call one of my best friends and uh but That's being cool. a part of that I didn't shoot it you know he shot yeah it was just so cool to see it was almost I mean to me it's just as good as being with somebody watching them go through that experience than me getting it I could watch that every single time yeah. and never for the rest of my life and be happy I totally agree with that like you know like, when you when you like quote unquote mentor someone or help someone through uh yeah. like a hunt and they become successful and you just get to watch like the oh, pure dude. joy on their face when they get one it's oh man like, it was it was nuts because yeah. like he's not to keep going but he shot this bird and it was just flopping like crazy so i there's like this like little like uh like i don't know half like guardrail fence this bird's flopping like crazy I hop this, he's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this bird's fixing to fly away. So I hop this fence, 
you know, slide down the hill, you know, get the boot on the head kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm screaming. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. You know, we're going crazy. It was just, <laughs> man, it was probably one of the coolest hunts I'll probably ever be on. That's cool. It was, it, it was, it was that fun, man. It was, it so was you, cool. you're hoping to do the same thing with your girlfriend coming up? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be fun. So you know, <laughs> she's gonna be, um, you know, I got, a, I got a little lone wolf climber stand that she's gonna be using. Okay. Um, and then I'm actually in the process. I think, um, I think you, you saddle. I think you hunt out of a saddle. Yep. Right. Yeah, I got yeah. one. So in the last week, I've been like trying to find time to like order my stuff and like purchase it. I just haven't found time. So, but I'm going to be getting that and then doing some practice shooting and stuff out of that. Okay. This year. So that should be sweet. That should be interesting. So that's going to be fun. So, yeah. 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 I, yes, I do have like, it's funny how like the saddle hunting community has like pigeonholed itself to being like, yeah, or a saddle hunter. And it's like, you're a tree stand hunter. <laughs> and it's not for me it's not that at all it's like i have tree sands and i have a saddle like they have their different purposes it's like saying right. you're a hang on stand hunter and i'm a climbing stand hunter like yeah, you know, i just like it like hunter. i just yeah. i have one of those items you know what yeah. i mean um yeah. but uh but yeah so i've I, I have one uh last i've used it um probably like 60 to 70 percent of my hunts at least okay uh over the last three years um so you've had it for a while yeah and it's really not it's not because i don't like tree stands or i think like the saddles like more comfortable it's really just because like the saddle is 100 percent more maneuverable and i like to i how is it in ten like in tennessee can you leave stands up on public land or no so you can leave a stand on public land for i think the general rule is for 24 hours but i think you can actually put your name phone number like contact info yeah and as long as you i think you can call the game warden tell him where it's at and i believe as long as you do that then you're allowed then as long as they allow you you can have it out there as long as you want i think okay. that's the I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know you get yeah. 24 hours for sure. Uh, but like, man, I saw one guy had this giant, like triple seater, like muddy ladder stand, like a quarter mile into this public. And I'm like, uh, I'm not bringing anything out with that, but maybe, you know, maybe he's got, you know, someone that's handicapped with him and that's like what they're going to shoot yeah. out. I don't know. Um, but uh, I'm pretty sure that's the real thing. You just got to sure. put your info, call the game more and say, Hey, here it is. I'm going to be hunting out here for the next two weeks. Do you care if I leave it here? He's going to say no. You should be fine. Okay. Yeah, in Wisconsin, you can't, like, you can't leave anything up. Uh, you can leave it up during the day, and that's oh, really? it. Like, so you get from sunup to sundown. See, in Michigan, you can uh, you can put a bunch of stands up, and you can just leave them out there. Yeah, you can't do that here. <laughs> you can do that in Iowa, too. There's something – I remember watching the hunt in public one time, and they were – this was a long time ago, maybe even before it was the hunting public and they were at Midwest Whitetail. But I remember they were out hanging stands. Like there's a date and a time when you can actually start hanging stands on public land in Iowa. And they were out at like 12, 15 in the morning to hang stands. And there were already guys in their spot hanging, like in their general Holy area, shit. hanging stands. 
<laughs> it's I don't like, know about all that. I don't know if I'm doing the. I mean, that's a different place. I mean, but right. It's like I used to duck hunt. Pretty, yeah, I used to duck hunt pretty hard for a few years, and that's how. The, in some of those hardcore duck hunting areas, that's how it is. There's guys lined up at the at the boat at the boat ramp at like midnight, but they can't yeah. put it until like five a.m. But they're just sitting there in line, ready to go. Yeah, to, to flash people off their spots. Yeah, <laughs> I've done that before. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I'm out of that game. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. So as far as the like. Yeah, so I have an Arrow Hunter saddle. Did you get a tethered, or did you get? So no, so I didn't get it tethered. Um, I've looked at the Arrow Hunters. I, I like what I see. Um, and see, I thought you had a tether, so that's. Good. I did. So I maybe have the, fir the first one I bought was a tethered. Okay, so I may have. I got an arrow. Food. Yeah. Um, but no, I looked at. Uh, um, I've looked at tethered. I know a couple people that had the. Was it? It's called the Mantis, I think. Yep. Man, well, the, yeah, the Manus is their like primary, and then their newest yeah. one is the Phantom. Yeah. So I've talked to a lot of people that have had the Phantom or, or uh, uh, the Manus. They like it. Ninety percent of those guys got the Phantom, and they say it's the next best thing since sliced bread. Well, I've also talked to um, a few people. Uh, one to be specific, um, I don't know the guy personally. I don't even know his name, uh, but I've been messaging back and forth with. Um, uh the whoever runs the boga hunting podcast Instagram. oh sure so whoever that guy is uh, I'll probably, god uh, i hunted with those guys last year and i can't for the life of me i don't know his name, is his name like it's like is it jared yeah yeah jared yep. maybe that's him but i've talked to whoever runs that page i've talked to them religiously for like the last like two weeks yeah, yeah. A week, i think just like a week and they've been super helpful on just questions and stuff sure um and uh they hunt out of the trophy line um yep. ambush pro and i'm really looking hard at that saddle sure um just for kind of my build and how how that saddle is set up and uh and price point it just seems like the most like valued budget thing maybe i don't know i don't know what the price is on the air hunter saddle but so right now i'm really looking hard at the trophy line obviously the fam's a great saddle obviously yeah. um but I, I probably need to do more research on the, on the arrow hunter. So. Yeah. And I like have the arrow hunter flex, Kestrel okay. flex. Yeah. Um, you like it a lot more than the tethered or. So yes, I, I did. So the thing about the saddles, and this is something that everybody should know because it seems like people have like tried to put themselves in camps like I'm a tethered guy or I'm a trophy line guy or I'm an arrow, you know, it's kind of like, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's bizarre to me that that hunters are a small enough group as they are. And they're trying to put themselves into boxes even more. Um, but it's There's like a, a body, it's a body type thing. It, re yeah. it really, that's what it comes down to. It's a, it's a body type thing. So for me, the mantis, it kept rot like it would ride up my ass crack so i would be in it for like i could sit in it for two to three hours pretty comfortably but anything over that like it would just it would just slowly ride up and i would have to kind of like adjust every 15 to 30 minutes or so uh, and yeah. then when i got the arrow hunter kestrel it's got like a pleated so it's got like folds in it that like hug your butt right. so when I got that, um, it like, 
it just, it didn't ride up and it just kind of like cupped my ass cheeks better. <laughs> That's the best way I can say it. All right. So for me, yeah, but I, mean, I, was now, hey, I mean, when your ass cheeks are cupped, I mean, that's, that's right. I mean, yeah, if you're yeah. sitting in, if you're sitting yeah, in I mean, a fucking hammock, you want your ass cheeks to be cupped. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so yeah. for me, like that was, that was better for me personally. Um, I haven't ever tried the trophy lines. Okay. So I had this sweet, uh, I work with, I run the social media for BHA Wisconsin and oh, okay. do a BHA rendezvous, Wisconsin rendezvous every year. And this okay. year I had this, uh, a, a saddle testing station planned out. We were all, all of us were in on it and we had trophy line, we had arrow hunter and we had tethered all on board to send us saddles and we were going to have set up so you could shoot out of them, try them, all that stuff, which is like the number one thing that people like want to do with a saddle. Oh, yeah. I want to try yeah. I want to yeah. put them on. Well, and that's then, the thing too, is like, I can't just go, I can't go pick one up, put it on and like return it if I don't right, want it. Yeah. You know, I can't do that. And, yeah. you know, I got a buddy that went and got a Phantom, but we're both so busy. It's just, man, I mean, we're just trying, we're trying to link up. It's hard. You know, it's like, yeah, just not really a place to travel. And I know some, I think tethers that they do like this, like training camp thing where they travel around, but and again, that's a time thing. You know, you just want to be able to go pick one up and try it out. I mean, yeah, no. And so I had this thing planned out and then COVID and it just kind of gets yeah. washed out the drain. We don't do anything, but, uh, but yeah, no, I'd like to try the trophy lines. Um, I have like, I'm not beholden to anybody by right. any means. I mean, I like my arrow hunter and I work with, so I met the guy who runs the marketing for arrow hunter. So cool dude. Um, and I like him. But, uh, I mean, if somebody comes out with something better that fits me better, like, then I'm, I'm in, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you'll like it either way. It's just, uh, um, one of the other myths I would like to, well, saddle hunting is a whole, we can talk about, we can do that. Like we can go on, we can, we, we, <laughs> we can talk about that offline. Cause I got, cause I don't have one. So I got tons of questions. We'll okay. talk about that offline. That's yeah. Funny. Um, but anyway, so you're going to try possibly try saddle hunting. Uh, girlfriend's yep. going to run the lone wolf climber. Yep. Uh, and then as far as uh, like setting up goes, you said you were going to try it a lot of it on public, right? Or were you going to yep. use that guy's well, private? Honestly, it'll probably be 50. We're probably going to do 50 50. Okay. Just because like I'm fortunate enough where, you know, I do have access to two properties and I don't. I mean, he doesn't pay me for him. Nobody else hunts him. And he's wanting me to go ahead and like, you know, go ahead and, and, and do as much hunting on there as possible. So we can get rid of coyotes, you know, turkeys, deer, whatever. In Tennessee, you know, they have where you get, you get two buck tags and then you get three does a day per day, every day. Damn. So it's like, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I can hunt as much as I want. I can really kill as many does as i want through the whole entire season yeah so you know it honestly it just comes down to hey have i filled the freezer yet have i not you know we may go on some public land stuff just because you know i grew up hunting a lot of public land as a kid sure with my dad that's a totally different experience you know when you're an adult and you're doing it yourself yeah you know he did that his whole life you know mm -hmm. that's, what, that's what it was he was a ground mobile hunter 
with a recurve bow, 6'2", 285 pounds, just a giant a man. Big man. But you would never hear him walk through the woods. You could not hear him in front of you stepping on the ground. Never broke a twig, never broke a stick. I mean, this guy was quiet. And he did, he's killed a couple really big deer, uh, you know, not, but, you know, the typical Michigan deer. You know, he would, you know, nothing crazy. Sure. But, yeah, we're probably, probably going to split it 50-50. Probably be on public okay. land a bunch. There's a few spots are really – I've been in there. I know I, – I, I've done the research. You know, so it's, it, there's some spots that look really, really good, but I've never hunted there on the public land. So, you know, I make it out there and there could be, it could be just loaded with people or there could never be a soul out there. Right. You know, so just, just got to put in the work and get out there. But. Yeah. I would say like, that's, that's one of the biggest, so two of the biggest things that, that a lot of people like really overlook when it comes to hunting or people always seem to want like uh, the magic bullet right? Yeah. Uh, the silver yeah. bullet for hunting. And the, the first thing that I've really like come to learn over the last like eight, nine years, I've been really trying to get a lot better at hunting in general is a like historical data on a piece of land is like invaluable, you know, yeah. that historical experience. I'm learning that. I'm learning yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, historic. Yeah. Like there's nothing, there's nothing that can replace that. And a lot of, if you start listening for it in podcasts and when you start listening for it, like people talk about it a lot of the times they'll just, they won't like dive into that subject. They'll just touch. Well, I knew deer like this area from November 12th to the 15th. And then yeah. like kind of breeze over that and you'll be like, well, how historical data, like they just run a camera there year over year over year. And they, or they sit there all the time and they, understand like these dates are better yeah. yeah i'm starting to learn that like so you know we touched on this is my third year back into it yeah and i've had access to this one place for three years well you know i've been following a couple different bucks during that time i've i've had one encounter out of these three or out of this four out of these four different bucks and one was right at dark and you know he's at the time he was he's just a giant mainframe beautiful eight you know really wide past the years really tall is that gorgeous. that ghost is that that yes. ghost one yeah yeah okay. man yeah this year I, i'm excited because i haven't checked the cards in a while so we're gonna see what it looks like but yeah, yeah. but um what i've noticed is and I, and I just started looking the other day i mean like literally not even two weeks ago i was looking at you know some of the camera some of the photos or whatever i got off the cards and i went back and i've kept a few i haven't kept a lot of data from a, a lot of pictures I've had just on some select few and on him he's showing up it's literally almost to the same time frame and the days in the same spots from the summer you know from the last two summers so I was like yeah. that's interesting so then the two years before I looked you know in December and uh both Decembers he was there in the same three weeks during the same time. So I'm like, okay, I got a chance. You yeah. know, I'm like, all right, well, I may have a chance at them this year. So we're going to see, uh, there's a couple other ones out there. There's one buck in, partic in particular. Um, I've only gotten a few photos of them and it's always in like late December and he's there for like three days and then he's gone. You never see him again. <laughs> and uh, I had one picture of him in October 
in the last two years, which is where uh, you brought it up earlier, where I was in that corner and shot that big six. He showed up there in October twice. Sure. So we may be hunting there. Uh, okay. When the season opens up, we'll see what happens. But yeah, nice. You know. Um, so real quick is the other historical data is not only on deer, but it's also on humans. So historical data on pressure is huge as well. So like, that's something that I've learned on public land because that, so I live about the first parking lot from my house for the, this, I have 6,000, there's 6,000 acres of public land near my house. Most of it's a dirty ass swamp, like duck hunters galore. But okay. there are a lot of, I bet you probably four to four to 4,500 acres are swamp. So, yeah. but, uh, and there are good hunting spots in there. Uh, but anyway, hunting pressure, just when I start out the season, there's like maybe two other vehicles, like pretty much nobody. It's, I'm this pretty is, much by myself. This was October? Yeah. October, okay. Halloween, Halloween weekend. Okay. It just like blows up. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it's stupid. Like I pull all my cameras, um, by Halloween weekend. Now I just don't even, I'm, I'm done on the public. There's just that many more people out there. Yeah. And it's like someone, but do you hang it? Do you hang your cameras high? Yep. And you still pull them? Yeah, I still pull them. Um, just cause I don't, I've never had anybody mess with any of them that are up high. It's just, by that time, I like, I've used the cameras over the last like five years and I, I feel like I know where I need to be. The camera data isn't going to tell me like where I need to be anymore. Um, okay. Like I know that I'm going to hunt one of these like four pinch point funnels between bedding areas. Like that's just okay. where I'm going to be regardless. A camera isn't going to tell me that during the rut because that buck could be there. I could get a picture of him yesterday right. and he won't, he could be a mile away the next day. I had that happen. I had, I had a really nice buck make a scrape. And the next evening I had him a mile and a half away on another camera. So like at a different pinch point. So what I like, so at that time frame, it doesn't, I know it's just based on wind where I'm going to hunt and any deer right. could show up at any time in these pinch points. So do you pull, are you pulling all your cameras at that time? Every camera you got or just in those, yeah. just in that public area? I pull them all until after gun season and gun season in Wisconsin is November. It's usually, it's the Thursday. It starts the Saturday before Thanksgiving and runs till the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So it's nine days. So Saturday to Sunday. So when you put that, them back, when you I'll put them back out in like early December. Okay. And then so when, you, when you, when you put them back out, are you just hoping to catch a bonus buck slipping through or you're just trying to see who made it? Um, I'm trying to see where they're. So I'm trying to see like what food source they're hitting. If the, so the, the, piece that I'm thinking of in my head has a lot of different egg chunks around it and right okay. the egg rotates. So some years this field soybean, some years this year's corn here and there. Um, so I'm, so generally I'm going to whatever food source I think they're going to be close to or hitting. 
and then I work back in the woods 50 to 100 yards or so, and then I'll set a right camera on. and see if they're hitting that during daylight. Really, okay. that's, that's what I'm trying to find out. Because there are like certain pieces, certain egg fields, when they're planted like beans and maybe it's a wet fall and the farmer can't get in there and he's got to leave them standing, like right. that's going to do really well like late December for, uh, for me. Um, and so that's what I, so I'm going to go check that one right away. Like that's going to be right, my first right. hit, yeah. but other fields, like if that doesn't happen or something, um, and the reason that happens often because it's a swamp, like I said, so you get a lot of that, but, um, other areas might be, might be cut corn, but that, that cut corn is like too far from the bedding and they don't want to go there or, their go or they or it is far enough away that they need to get up during daylight hours to get there at you know they start earlier i you know i'm not sure but yeah really it's just working back from food sources that i think they're going to target and yes i do want to see what bucks made it um, because i mean that's a good way to go but so much of the time i find that like the bucks just leave (laughs) to be honest there's uh, I counted, so I like this chunk of like 500 acres, there were just over 20, uh, 20 vehicles on it during gun season. Um, and like that, just like, I mean, you can just like, it, it'd be like taking a squeegee across the land and just like pushing yeah. the deer out. Yeah. <laughs> so to go backwards in our conversation to reference on the, uh, crossbows should be taken out. I think deer drives. Oh be- man. The orange army wipeout, yeah, like, just to push through <laughs> on the sides of the woods, like, man, that's that stuff needs to go. I have mixed feelings about that. <laughs> um, I I am, I am in in favor of deer drives if the objective is to brown it down and you're like looking to fill fill the freezer and stuff, and you want to be sure. like, and you want to be safe about it and everything. But sure. I I totally get people who who don't, and I have friends who are like you are not ever doing a deer drive on this property period. It is public and I get it. But if I see you out here during a de- and doing a deer drive on a piece that I showed you, I will never show you anything and I'll never talk to you again. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was that whole piece was about that historical hunting pressure. But I do want to hear we're, we're coming up on like probably close to an hour now. I forget when we started, but I want to hear, and these are going to take some while, a while. I I want to hear your, uh, like, so you've had some success. I see it through your Instagram stuff. You've had some success. So tell me, tell me about the the first buck that you got with the the car troubles and all that. I read this story, but I want to hear it. Okay. (laughs) Um, all right. So, um, do you want to see it? Do you see want to see what? it? You want to see the one I shot from lock, locking the keys in my car? Sure. Yeah. All right, hold on. Hold on a second. <laughs> For everybody listening right now, uh, Vince is going to get his his big buck. To- <laughs> so I just want to make make this clear. This was uh, this was my first buck with a compound bow so you don't need to justify no, I need to justify, is, it, is it small hey, if, <laughs> i don't care 
the deer is very special to me. <laughs> uh, this one right here is actually uh, was the nine point I actually took um, with the crossbow. The okay. first year I went into it. He's that's the nine point. Nine right point that, that, that's a cool story too. Uh, porn ring. We'll get. We can talk about that one later. This one right here is kind of hard to see, but right. it's just it's just a basket seven, right? Seven. Yeah. Nothing crazy. Just a nice little buck. Yeah. Um, but uh way no. better than my first year my first buck i shot yeah. oh <laughs> yeah no uh yeah my first year my first buck was like this little <laughs> nine point it was a nine point like this and i Did, shot him he had a strong mm. hand yeah i had the strong <laughs> hand uh no and i shot that one in the ass go figure oh, it well he died yards so that was a that's a great story too um but no <laughs> the basket seven man so you know it was uh it was was it October? Yeah, it was October. No, it was like I don't know, it was either late October or it was early November. Um, and it was actually it was supposed to get a cold front. The wind was supposed to be in my favor. It was a south wind. It was great. It was coming through a pinch point. I had sat there before. Um, never have seen that buck. Never saw him before. I didn't have any photos of him or anything like that. Um, but uh, so I'm driving out to the property, going, 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 and cold front's not coming in. The tent, like, it's getting hotter, and I'm, like, starting to sweat in my truck, so I'm, like, kind of getting irritated. I was already kind of late, like, 30 minutes. So I pull up. I get there. I'm kind of frustrated. You know, I actually called, you know, uh, called my girl. told her, you know, I don't need to be out here. Nothing's right. The wind's wrong. It's too hot. I don't need to be out here. I'm just going to come home. She says, no, stay out there, stay out there. So, okay, fine, I'll stay out here, whatever. So I get I get dressed, I get my harness on, I get my binos, and um, actually I didn't get my binos. My binos were actually sitting on the front seat. I got out of the car. I hit the unlock button, what I thought was the unlock button, closed my door, went to the back seat, couldn't open up the door. All I had to do was get my bow out and my binoculars go back to the front try to grab it nothing i'm like looking for my keys there's my keys sitting on the center console truck's locked i mean i'm like out of t i'm out of time i can like see where i need to go and the wind's blowing wrong dude i am i'm like pissed off like i'm like i'm mad because i'm sweating my ass off wind's going <laughs> the wrong direction i'm just pissed i'm like this is stupid i forced coming out here i don't need to be out here i just need to go like now I'm locked out, really mad. So then I call the landowner. So, hey, just wait for someone to pick up the phone. Nothing. They're always home. They're never not home. So then I, like, walk up to the house. I'm, like, going to knock on the door, like, hey, help me, you know. And uh, <laughs> nobody's there. So I go to turn around to go back down to the truck to try to see if I can just, like, get inside somehow with whatever. Uh, here, here they come up the driveway. I beg them to give me a coat hanger. They go inside, they give me a coat hanger, go out to the truck. I'm like scratching my truck, trying to get in. I'm just getting uh, more mad. So now I've been sitting here for an hour, you know, at like the access area. Who knows, you know, if anything see me. So then I get on the phone. I'm like, dude, all right, well, I'm going home. So I call a locksmith. Locksmith shows up 20 minutes later. He gets there. You know, he doesn't speak English. I'm pissed off. I'm like, <laughs> I'm being an asshole to him just because I'm having a bad time. 
you yeah. know, I felt bad. He unlocks it. And, uh, you know, on the phone, they told me it was like 50 bucks. And then he tells me, I was like, how much do I owe you? He's like, hundred bucks. I'm like, oh my gosh, like a hundred dollars, seriously? So I pay the guy, I get in and uh, I'm so mad. I don't want to drive my truck. I just grab my shit. I go to this, I go to the stand, climb up. And I just sit there and I'm just like, you're pouting the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just sitting in the sound of this. Like, this is stupid. I'm not going to see anything. This is ridiculous. I don't know why I'm out here, you know, like, and so I'm just sitting there and, uh, you know, for, 40 minutes into it, um, you know, I'm kind of looking off to my right. I mean, my, my wind is literally blowing directly into his face and I have no idea how this buck did not smell me or anything. I mean, I'm soaked. I mean, I'm, right. I'm, dripping. I'm, I'm, so, I'm dripping sweat. I'm soaked. I'm going to say it was the nose jammer, which I love. If you haven't used it, use it. I think it works. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I look down and he's right there and he's coming right through this little funnel. And um, I didn't think twice about it. I didn't think twice about it. I was, I was on a high, saw him coming through. And I was like, yep, this is going to be the first one with the compound. So I grabbed my bow, drew back, hit him at 18 yards. He went 35 and uh, wanted the pump station. He was done. Nice. But going back, you know, it was literally worst hunt ever. Turned worst hunt ever and um, but it was the one I'll never forget. You know, it was awesome. Yeah. 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 So that was that one. But yeah, he's a, yeah, I'm a, ah, I that's awesome. It. I love that. I honestly, out of any deer, that's, it's probably one of my most favorite. I love it. It's awesome. Yeah. Ah, oh, for sure, dude. This, yeah. uh, this deer in my bottom corner right here, yeah. he, uh, one of my worst hunts ever. Um, you know, I was in the stand for maybe 30 minutes. Um, I got there two hours beforehand, two and a half hours beforehand. And uh, I had probably about 120 yard, 130 yard walk to my stand. And it took me an hour and a half to get to the stand because I just kept forgetting shit. <laughs> I like, forgot my release. Then I yeah, forgot the my best. cover. And yeah, then the I best. dropped my jacket and it was, it was just awful, but, and it, and then ended up, I was in the stand sweating, sweating my ass off, had three does, a doe and two fawns come in, all of them blew at me and took off. I'm like, you know, this, this hunt is just yeah. fucked. like, it's done. Like, why am I even up here? Let's just get the hell out of here. And I start taking off my harness and I look up. And here comes like a real nice eight point. And I'm like, holy shit, like nice eight point. I'm not going to shoot it because my buddies, my buddies rule. It's not like a QDMA or any sort of rule at all, but right. he's like, it's got to be eight. It's got to be more than eight points to kill it. Okay. Like that's his. Yeah. Respectful. So I'm Respectful. on his farm. I'm like, yeah, cool. Like here comes a nice eight and he gets under my tree and I'm in this giant Oak gets under the tree and he starts eating. And when he bends over, I can see that he's actually a 10 point and his G2s are just shorter than his G3s. So his G3s were covering up his G2s. And I'm like, oh, oh shit. shit. So, <laughs> like, so then I draw back and thank God, like buck fever up the ass. He stopped in the V of the tree. If I hit him, he was, I was going to hit him in the lungs. Like there was no, I was either going to hit the tree or I was going to hit him in the lungs. Like that was the only option. So I was like, <laughs> perfect. Just thread it through this gap and I'm golden. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Just between the trees. Yeah. Put it through the gap. Yeah. And found him, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes later, just, you know, 50 yards down the way. 
That's so, awesome. Dude. Um, but yeah, worst worst hunt, worst hunt ever. And then I do have a I have a film on YouTube. We're up on in the stand, and uh, wind switched direction on us. We we're we we're hunting the cornfield edge. Wind switched direction was blowing our wind right out into the cornfield. Last 45 minutes were light. We're like, what the hell? Like, we can't shoot anything out in this cornfield anyway. Film on my buddy. He's like, there's a stand 80 yards away from us. Let's just go sit there. Like, whatever. Like, this is just stupid. So we climb down. Climbing down, he drops my camera. My brand new, like, $3,000 camera drops it. What? Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, it's cool. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I'm it's dying. Good. It's good. It's good. It's good. And I'm like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. No big deal. It just, down, just reset stopped working. it just stopped working no it was fine oh. it was fine oh. dropped it out of a 16 foot ladder stand and oh, fucking shit. it was fine i was like oh my god so i get down we get down set up in the next tree stand 45 minutes left the light and wind still sucks down in this stand too i'm like why do we even move um <laughs> and i'm just praying my camera works and out pops a 140 inch hundred like 45 inch buck comes burning out stops at 20 yards and he plugs it and it dies in 15 yards on camera just like right there like my worst hunts have dude, been my best hunts. Dude, you'd never <laughs> have that like you'd never have that story like unless you were out there you know like yeah i mean you just gotta yeah there's just days where you just gotta like grind it out and just like yeah. fuck it whatever we're going i'm going i'm just gonna do it it sucks but i'm going it's part of the grind. This is why you, you got to work for it. That's why I just tell myself. Right. You're working for it, you know, it doesn't yeah. unless you work for it. So Exactly. So, but, yeah. so, and I know you had, I know that was one buck. Um, so when you like, was that something where you were just like, oh shit, like I got one, like yeah, I mean, the buck, first I mean, buck with more, my bow. Well, so, I mean, man, when I tell you I was mad, like before I shot him, like, I mean, it was just one of those, like, dude, this day sucks. Like, this is a sucky-ass day. Like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Like, don't – I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to see you. Like, I'm done. You know, like, it's just a shit day. Right. Uh, yeah, I shot him. I shot him, and it was just, like, like, just, like, the complete relief. And I saw – you know, I got the – it was nice because I got this – I hit him. He – kept running through the funnel through the down this bottom kind of went up this ridge and i saw him just topple over you know so i got this i got to see the whole thing where he went topple over on the first experience you know you know with my bow and uh you know so i i got down didn't really see any blood i knew i stuck him really good and kept walking start you know you start seeing a little bit of the blood trend i was like oh yeah dude this is he's done start going up there and then i just saw him sitting there and it was kind of just one of those where uh i i never posted it but i took a picture and all you see is my shadow and i'm just like holding i'm just kind of like holding the bow up you know <laughs> it was just one of those like you you know you almost just feel like for me it just felt like i mean i can do it like this is what i've been working for i can do this i don't need anybody to tell me i can't do it like i did it this was all my own yeah you know been through it been doing the research, putting in the work. This is what it's for. Yeah. Uh, this is, you know, this is, this is what I did. It was great, man. It was, it was, it was a super special feeling. It was also uh, very cumbersome because I know my, I know my stepdad would have just been super, super proud. 
you know, because he, you know, he killed everything with a either with a with a shotgun or with a recurve. He always used yeah. to hunt does with a recurve, and he was pretty good. I mean, he launched them at like thirty-five yards. That's pretty good with a recurve, I think. Oh yeah, uh, it is and, for sure. Um, I could just feel that he would have been super proud. So it was just cool. super special, man. It was just it was just a just a really just a perfect moment, you know. Yeah, there ain't a whole lot that. Uh like in in life so i mean i'm only 30 years old but for me there hasn't been a whole lot of moments in life that are more special to me than when you work your ass off for something and you struggle really hard to get somewhere and then you finally get it like that to me just makes makes it makes everything work it worth it and it makes you have a a feeling of like fulfillment just like i like yes this is finally like paid off put in my dues and it's and it's working for me and that's why you know sometimes like you you just wonder how people feel like fulfilled just from like getting things that they like quote unquote deserve you know what i mean like i deserve this it's like i you know like you're not really getting a whole lot of fulfillment out of it right right you know like that's what i'm after in life is that is that that struggle That, yep. that like drama i mean we all watch tv shows and shit because of the, like there's highs and lows right right our right. life is too like there's a lot yeah. of lows a lot of lows but those highs when they're high they're good yeah you know? yeah there's not a lot that replaces man yeah. and especially you going from like real low low like oh, dude. just let me go home and go to bed so i can get this day over with well i was waiting there see it was only like 20 minutes i was waiting for the for the locksmith to come down there. But I had already been there for like an hour and a half just trying to get in my truck. So like it had felt like I'd been out. I'm fully dressed. Yeah. You know, I'm like suited up because there's supposedly this cold front coming in. And I'm like <laughs> suited up. So it's just like, dude, I was oh, so man. man. But looking back, man, I wouldn't I wouldn't change that for anything. That was cool. Uh, that's awesome. yeah. No, that's good. So Tell me last last story, and then we'll kind of cut this one off here. All right, because um, we'll, we'll we could talk for the next two three hours on this. Sure. For sure. Tell sure. me about the that corner buck. I read the I read the post on it. You know, a while back. Yeah, um, tell me tell me about that. So, one. I'm really excited to get this buck back, just because like, so Tennessee. Whoever's listens to this, or whoever is listening, uh, um. Tennessee, I would encourage you to get out and try hunting the state if you have the option to. Um, coming from Michigan, I'm used to seeing very big body deer with kind of shorter, thick racks, nothing crazy. Um, I've seen a couple of good ones, but the deer in Tennessee, they're not that big, body size. Okay. As far as rack size, from what I've seen, it's definitely a sleeper state for sure. It's okay. a it's an underrated state. There's a lot of big deer roaming around here. It's a it it's a good place to hunt. Um, but uh, no, this buck in particular, I'm I'm really proud of just because even though he's not super big up top, to me he's the biggest six point I've ever seen in person. Um, and it was just it just kind of really cool. Um, I won't make the I won't make the story as long, but you know, I'm I'm literally uh, for this hunt. I'm literally hunting. It, it's on a south 
east facing slope and then it kind of dips down into like this like bottom like gully well where i'm sitting i'm literally at the end of their driveway and right behind the driveway on the other side is a bunch of open oaks and i'm kind of just looking over they have just like this nice little black fence that just is kind of right there and i'm just kind of looking over this fence and it it goes into a little like like little trees and then it dips into you can't see it um, from that picture that i have uh, posted up but then it goes down into just a bunch of cedars which has a in that particular area there's a lot of rut activity and at the time i didn't really know anything about like you always hear people talk about uh, like burning a set. You sit there too many times and you, know, you sure. just wear it out. I didn't know that. I didn't know anything about that. So I've been hunting this other spot like a bunch, a bunch, waiting for this one deer to come through, which never came. So I'm still chasing him. But uh, so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go over the other side. I'm just going to hunt this spot. I know there's deer that go over there. There's a bunch of oak trees over there. It's got to be. So hunt the end of this driveway. 20 minutes after I'm there, here comes these does and, you know, I'm, I'm facing this way and these does are coming, they come out in from my left. They come in right behind me. Like the wind is blowing straight into my face, straight behind me. They're right here on the edge of like the wind cone, you know, yeah. like just enough to be lethal where like, Hey, if they're feeling vigorous, then just step a few more steps of this. Like it's over. It's done. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the yeah, perfect the position to be in. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm hearing this a few times. Uh, but so they get up there, they kind of mill around just for a little bit and they just bed down. And it was the first time I'd ever seen deer bed in person on, you know, hunting. So like, I was just like blown away. I was like, dude, this is the coolest thing ever. Like, yeah, never see that, you know? So I'm just kind of sitting there watching them and I'm like, man, you know, they're only like 30 yards from me. So I'm kind of like, I'm ranging them a few times like, man, I could, I could hit that one laying down. I, you know, I haven't taken a doe this year. And I almost, I watched them for like 30 minutes. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to take one. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to try it. Why not? So I grabbed my bow. I mean, they're directly behind me. So yeah. I grabbed my bow and I'm completely turned, you know, looking this way and just going to kind of zip it between these two wide open trees and hopefully hit this one laying down and just stuck stick it right there. So I clip my release on. Second I did that, I hear something behind me completely to the other direction. And I'm not sitting, I wasn't sitting that high from the tree that I was in. It just kind of stops you at like 12 feet. So okay. I was kind of nervous to kind of turn around. So I just kind of I kind of peek a little bit. And uh here comes this one lone doll or one doe. Uh comes just zipping through just hauling ass i'm like well, that's weird all these those are up here and here comes this guy you know he's got the head you know coming through and he's just kind of trotting and she comes so if you're looking at that picture um if you're looking at it, you see the long fence row and then you just see what kind of corners and goes up yeah she comes zipping along that that fence row hits that corner and just goes straight up to them those and i see him coming and I'm like, okay, I don't want to turn because he's coming right underneath me. So like, wait, just to be clear here, these sure. deer are working perfectly around your scent cone. Yeah. Like, cause yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's textbook. There's <laughs> no. It was like, yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I mean, it was like I was like just in this like little like funnel right here, and it was <laughs> like this. It was working right around, around you. Yeah. yeah. 
No, that's they would have went this way. I was busted. If they would have went that way, I was busted, and they just went like that. That's it. So, <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yeah. No, super cool. It taught me a lot about it. It it taught me a lot about the wind. Um, but uh, yeah, she comes zipping along this fence row, jackknifes it right at the corner, and I'm like, okay. So I quick I quick ranged her right as soon as she turned at the corner, right between these two trees. And it's kind of hard to see, but in that picture, you see a long branch kind of come right out in front of me. Yep. So this deer's on, he's right out in front of me. I just, as soon as he passes me, I just draw back and I'm just holding, waiting for him to pass this corner. I don't stop or anything. I'm just kind of waiting. As soon as he hits that, as soon as he hits that corner, his front, as soon as his front shoulder hit my pin, I just let it rip. Hit some center mass, hit him a little high. Um, but this guy just takes off straight off the property because I'm kind of on the edge. I didn't really think about the shot. Like, Oh, where's he going to go? I'm just yeah. thinking, like, Oh, I'm going to smoke this deer. He goes straight <laughs> off the property, goes into the neighbor's yard, jumps. Like I'm, I'm watching him goes down along the edge of the woods in other neighbor's yards, like three or four houses down. And then I see him jump one time back into the woods and I'm like, Oh, well, I don't have permission to go walk through their yard, you know, and so I buzz Elena on real quick. I'm like, hey, I just shot this deer. I got 30 minutes of light. Are these neighbors cool? And he's like, yeah, the two are, but the one in the back's an asshole. Don't go out there. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I was like, so that's, that's where I saw him. You know, I was like, I was like, all right, well, I was like, fuck this guy. So the guy in the, you know, the neighbor, not, not the landowner, but so I was yeah. like, all right, I'm going to go down through the woods. And something I heard, uh, I heard Mark Drury say this once where, and I recommend this because it's worked for me three times now. As uh, soon as you shoot a deer, the last place you saw him, hold up your cell phone and point right to the spot right out in front of your cell phone and take a picture right where you saw him because you got so much going on, your adrenaline's rushing. Yeah. You know, if you can't find any blood, well, at least you know that's the last place you saw them. You can walk your butt right up there and at least check that area. There's yeah, a good that's a great thing. Yeah, it's worked three times. I'm probably going to do it until it doesn't work. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. I was like, all right. So I go down in this bottom and then uh, go back up the other side, right where, I, right where I saw him jump in at, and I see the one drop of blood. Because I went out to where I shot him, there's no blood, nothing. I'm like, there's no way. I stuck him perfect, but I knew I didn't get a pass through because I saw my I saw my knock still in him when he was running. Um, but then saw some blood and then started going up this ridge, and there he was. I mean, he, he died right away. And then it was dragged down the ridge, around the fence, back up the ridge, up to the truck. Dude, it was uh, 140, 150 yard drag. I was miserable, but that was uh. Yeah. But he ended up turning out to be a a 200 pound deer, um, and nice. uh, just pretty large for Tennessee. Yeah. You know, decent size six point and just um I'm actually um getting ready to send his um bottom two teeth off to be aged just because he looks so old. I don't know how old he is. I didn't have my I had him on camera one time um for just a split second, but I'd never seen a deer. I mean it was it was a total bonus buck, which is pretty cool. So yeah. Oh that's awesome. That's a great story. It's always yeah, it's always fun when you when you like pick a new spot and something they always say is like the first sit is the best sit. Yeah. Like, it's just like a common, common theme. Yeah. Um, first yeah. it's the best sit. And if you can get into those, like 
golden spots where the wind is perfect and the deer movement around that area oh, is dude. also perfect. It sounds like, I mean, if you drew, if you drew a half, like a three quarter circle. Yeah. And that gap was your wind. That's the only spot the deer didn't go. Dude, my, around the it. wind cone had to be just so like small because <laughs> they were just there the whole time. Right. But yeah, that hunt, that was, when I shot that deer and I saw the arrow smack him, that that was the moment that I was like, "All right, this is bow hunting." It was nice, pretty, yeah, yeah, which was cool, man. I, which is yeah, which is interesting because you'll have a lot of people that'll say like, "Don't ever shoot a deer on the walk or on the move or anything. Always stop them." And you smack you smack that one, right? I'm gonna smoke them if I got room. I'm gonna smoke them. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I was scared. I mean, I was scared to stop them. I remember thinking that in my head. I was kind of scared because he's at 35 yards i didn't know if he was going to hear me because he was making a lot of noise she was making a lot of noise and i didn't want to stop him because the does were looking in my direction the entire time and where they were at you know i was here and they were kind of just a little bit above me on the elevation change i mean they were looking down in that bottom you know because right at you. Yeah. The way, yeah the way with the wind was going they could see behind them completely wide open and the wind was just blowing up at them. So they're just staring at me and the, you know, the wind's coming up at them. And I'm just like, man, if I do anything wrong, I'm going to be busted before I even know it. So yeah. I just let it run. Nah, that's cool. And now, you know, like in the future, like tying it back to historical data, man, when you get yeah. a decent cold front during the rut, like, yeah. and yeah. you get that specific wind, yeah. go there and don't sit yeah. there until then. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Point. Yeah, man, I had a lot of questions, or I had a, a friend of mine recently tell me, like, um, man, you're sitting, like, these bedding areas too much, or you're sitting, like, these other areas too much, and you should only go into your property, like, by the 10th sit, you should have your buck killed. Like, that's what he told me, and I was like, yeah, I was like, do you do that? He's like, yeah, I killed both my hit list, both my top hit listers last year, and I sat seven times total on two different properties. And I was oh. like, so how do you know where to sit and when? And he's like, well, your trail cameras tell you, I was like, how long have you hunted these properties? And he's like, well, one I've hunted for 15 years and the other one I've hunted for four. And I'm like, well, there you go. There you go. Like, yeah, there you go. You know, so me, like I've had this one property for, this will be the third, you know, three and a half year mark. Yeah, And I feel like I'm just now, like, I understand the lay of the land a little bit, but there's spots in there that I, I still don't understand. I don't know. I still understand. I, if, if I had to guess, some of those people that have been out there a long time that, like, really do it, um, dude, it's got to be four or five years before you know that property inside and out. Got to be. I, that's what I, I would agree. Like, like, if Mark Drury were to go buy a new piece of property, he could probably figure it out if you take away all of his like financial resources in terms of uh right. in terms of trail cameras you know yeah. take like sorry mark you don't get 100 trail cameras on this property you get like the average man's five or four yeah <laughs> like that's what you get he could yeah. probably figure i would think he'd be able to figure that property out in three or four years like right he, yeah and he'd be able yeah. to go in there and under 10 sits and kill really nice deer every year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But, uh, but that's like, the, and that's Mark Drury, right? The, yeah. the fucking deer master. So, yeah, you know, yeah. the average guy, if you can figure out a property in four and five years, you're doing pretty good. 
Like yeah. you can figure out where you need to sit, when to sit and what winds and cold fronts, things like that. And that's when one of like something that I love and hate about my like hunting journey really is I've hunted. So I've hunted since I was 13, I'm 30. So I've hunted 17 years and I've hunted, I think I tallied it up the other day. I've hunted just over 20 properties. So like I've like just life in general has taken me um, like I'll, I'll hunt a property for two or three years and then I'll, like I'll move or I'll get a new, like I'll get access to a different piece and then I'll right. move over here. And there were a lot of, there were like two or three years there where I was on really like bad properties and I just didn't know it. Like I thought they were great properties and I spent a lot of time hunting them and I wasn't seeing a lot. And I didn't have a lot of money to go buy trail cameras. And I had like two cameras or three cameras and they were like $50 cameras. So they were shit cameras. And I was always kind of wondering whether or not like they actually like just didn't trigger Uh, and there were deer there and all that stuff. Like there's just so much into it, but it's just bad properties. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. And they just like experience just time and time. You kind of figure out what's a good property, what's not. And now like I know, um, you said you mentioned trail cameras earlier, so I have nine cameras and I have all of them out um, a lot. And I spend the one thing that's really helped me, and I don't know if you've done it a lot yet, but but to scout in February, March, and April, like put I put in so much time, like four, like generally five hours a day on the weekends, so sometimes ten hours a weekend, just yeah. scouting. Just I'm uh, I'm 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 the same. Okay. Um, I did that from the first year I got back into it. I did that. That was the, that was one of the first things that because right before right before I got back into it was at the tail end of the season the year prior when I decided before I decided that like oh hey I'm sure. gonna do this. Um, and one thing my dad didn't do was go shed hunting. Okay. So man, I really want to just, I had access to the property. That'd be the best. That'd be a great way. I don't have trail cameras. I don't have shit. Be a great way for me to just get out, start learning this property, see if I can't find some bone on the property and just maybe I can see if there's something out there. That was like my starting point. And, uh, since then I've spent every weekend I can out there. I'm out there during that time. As soon as the season's over, you know, once that end of February hits, I'm out there every single weekend until until the t- the ticks start coming in, just to study and what happened the year before, and then I'm kind of making my slow game plan for where I'm going to put my trail cameras and for the following year. Like, oh well, here's here's a sign that was not that far away. Why, why wasn't I sitting there? You know, <laughs> why didn't it? Why didn't you know these are all fresh? Why did they not come down here? You know, and then try to figure out you know. Am I just using wrong winds? You know, is my wind working? If I'm sitting over here, is it actually going up in there? Is it watching me come in? Because what is kind of get out? How much time do we got left? Oh, we got time. All right. So the way this property works, as soon as you come in, you're kind of in a bottom. Okay. And then you're kind of staring straight up, like a 70 foot elevation change. Okay. This deer that I've posted on a couple of times, the last time I posted it, it's like kind of like the dark picture or whatever. I'm changing up a game plan for this guy this year just because I think I honestly believe I think this guy watches me come in, waits till I leave, and I'm gone. I I he I think he beds right there on the edge of this ridge where it's super thick. 
he can see if he has a north wind, he's secure. If he's got a south wind, he's fine. So I'm just like, okay, I'm not really sure how to get in there because I only have really have two access points, but I'm pretty sure this guy's been watching me come in on the bottom every time because he's the only one that doesn't show up. Yeah. And so this year, kind of where I where I shot that that buck up on that corner, the historical data tells me he shows up on this camera on a north wind. So on the north wind, I gotta, I don't know, I still gotta do some more research, but I gotta figure out how I can get in and around without him seeing me come in and kind of come up from behind and maybe catch him coming to and from or what, I don't know, but I don't know. Have you ever, have you heard uh, any stories with people hunting oh, bucks yeah. that have that where? So I got, I, like yeah, I, got, topic, two right, I got two I for you know. right now, man. Um, have you ever heard of Seek One? Uh, yeah, the big buck killers in Atlanta. Yep. Yeah. So they had one, they had one last year on it. Um, I forget the main guy's name, but I think his name's Roy. Um, okay. he, uh, he said it was like, God, it had to be in the high thirties, low forties for sits for a single deer that he was after. Wow. And he finally ended up figuring out that that deer was watching him coming in. So he changed access. He got permission on a new property that was adjacent to it, changed access, set up a ground blind and killed him that night. Right. When he set it up. Cause the buck didn't. Good couldn't see him come in and then there was another one have you ever heard of uh the hunting beast oh yeah man yeah yeah okay so the hunting beast uh dan infault he has a story on a buck that he found um that was watching the parking lot at public land on a piece of public and that makes sense yards about 100 yards off the parking lot and he bought like he was sitting in his truck watching this buck with binos and people were pulling up next to him and going in to hunt and that buck wasn't moving it was literally sitting there watching the people come in just watching them go by yep and he could see he could see the deer so he said and he told the story one time it was on i forget what podcast it was on but um he uh that buck bedded there on a specific wind in october like if it was this wind it was that buck was like one in three chances it was there so one day it was like thanksgiving day and it was the perfect scenario and he told this is one of his biggest regrets in life too was he just ditched his whole family on thanksgiving said sorry i'm gonna go try to kill deer and just left and and some of the things he talks about it is pretty cool it's it's eye-opening he's like everybody's after big deer but like i missed kid my kids birthdays i missed their soccer games i missed their football games and everything for deer hunting and uh but he says i crawled my ass in there like 150 yards or whatever it was and i just crawled the whole way just on a hope that that deer was there and i pulled up at 30 yards with my gun and he was there and i killed him right there in his bed shot him shot him dead um he goes but but that was that that's a deer he's like it's one of it's my biggest deer i've ever shot i think he says and uh but it's also one of his biggest 
like regrets too because he just he spent so much time ditching his family for it right um but back to your point it was watching people come in so yes i do think that's a very real thing um and uh and it and it plays a lot in how how you access a piece and if you only have minimal access points like what what you're saying you have to get really creative with the conditions to get in there. Maybe you need to wait until a storm rolls in and you can, and you can work your way through yeah. in the rain or something. I, I don't know, or have a very, I like to use really strong winds. Um, so 25 miles an hour or greater to really get in close to certain areas. Cause the, the deers, a deer's, like all their defenses are just trash in a 30 mile an hour wind, a 35 mile an hour wind, like everything's moving. Scent doesn't like, I mean, they can pick up scent, but humans can easily detect where that scent's coming from and where it's going. Right. Right. You know, and sound, they can't hear anything. Have you found that they're heavy when it, see, I've only had, I've only had a couple of times where wind's been that high. uh, And I've been out there just, that was just the opportunities I had, but yeah. have you found, have you, in your experience, have you found when, when the winds up that high are they still on their feet and still moving or are they, are they holding it down where they're at no. just because they don't, they can't, they just can't figure it out. They can't. Yeah. They're hold they're holding tight. You're, 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 you're using that wind to get in and get set up and you're praying to God it drops below like around that 15 mile an hour mark like 20 30 minutes before dark because then they're up and moving you're just using that to your cover but yeah i've not my personal experience i rarely see see deer moving like 25 miles an hour or greater but you use it to your advantage to just get in you know get in get set up make all the noise you want and all that shit yeah yeah so and we didn't even cover (laughs) self-filming Yeah, man, I I had fun. I'm, I mean, anytime, dude. Yeah, no, we'll have to we'll have to hop back on because we can talk about, uh, you know, new hunter stuff like things you wish you would have learned day one that you know now. Oh. You know, we can talk about that. We can talk about some saddle hunting stuff. We can talk about the filming. Sure. Stuff, yeah, I got I got stories for days, man. I got yeah. stories for days. I may have not killed a bunch, but I've been on a lot of hunts, and uh, I got. <laughs> I got, nah, I, got a lot, right? I got a lot of cool stories. Dude, so. the, yeah. And the failures, the failures teach you just as much as the, the failures always teach you more than the successes. Oh yeah. The fa- that's the happens, fun part. It's awesome. It's cool. When you yeah. fail, you learn. Yeah. That's so, the fun part, man. For sure. All right. Well, uh, Vince, give me, give me your Instagram. Give me any sort of contact info you want to, you want to put uh, I'm pretty much just on Instagram right now. Okay. Uh, once I start doing the self filming stuff, then I'll, and I start going down that path, learning that, and we'll probably talk later about that. But once once I start doing that, then I'll I'll hopefully can put some stuff up on YouTube. But uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's at Chasing Public. Um, that's pretty much where I'm at. I don't really I don't really do Facebook. It's too addy for me, so I just do it alone. So yeah, you uh, and you got some good photos on your Instagram. Do you have like a nice camera? Yeah, I have a, a Sony A6400. um it's yeah for that those type of cameras it's in that game i'd say it's price points 
pretty good. It's unlimited record time. It's 4K, you know, um, and then I have the uh, Sony, uh, it's like Geos, what is it, 18105, which gives you like a really cool, like, like, all right, so I just put in my story today, like a, like a little quick clip of these bucks that are in velvet right there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was probably 200 yards away from those deer. Yeah, I saw them. And, you you and you can still capture the 4K and get in the extra zoom. So that's pretty cool. So yeah, I like the camera a lot. Is it so, an, it's an F4? Sony A6400. Uh, yeah, the lens is an F4. Yeah. Yeah, that's the same. That's the same lens I run. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah, great, probably. like, all around lens for hunting. Because yeah. yeah. I used to run the 24 to 70 and then the 70 to 200. But okay. I was finding myself swapping lenses in the tree a lot. Yeah. And that was like not that's a lot of movement is not conducive. <laughs> to, yeah, it's, to it's funny you say that because I had a a, a seventy two hundred and it's a great lens. Like photos, great lens. Uh never filmed with it, but it was just it was just too big. I just didn't want something that big. So then I yeah. I, I went I went to that, but um they have a different it's a different brand but they make another one that's like that that brings you down in that that what is it 2.8 i'm still learning yeah f2.8 they get you the low, the low light that still does all the capabilities it's just not the sony lens um but the same size that's that's pretty cool too but i like that camera and lens a lot it's cool yeah no it's it's a good lens yeah all right well sweet we will we will end it there and cool, uh while you guys go if you're listening to this you want to follow along you know, find them at Chasing Public and uh, appreciate you guys hanging around and yeah, we'll catch you later.